Well, we are live now. I uh, it's been quite a morning. We have um, got some snow on the ground. We've got grandbabies helping this morning. We got Kim trying to get to work. <laughs> been quite a morning. So uh, welcome to the first Sunday of 2022. I have literally 13 points this morning from Exodus that you're not going to get. We, uh, let me see if I can move that a little bit. We studied uh, last couple of days and been praying and was all ready for, I wasn't going to hit you with all 13 this morning, praise God. Oh, by the way, one of my Christmas presents, uh, all I need today is a little bit of coffee and a whole lot of Jesus. I think that'd probably be a good title uh, for today. But instead, and studying for our Sunday school, I got it back over into Romans. I'm going to spend some time in Romans this morning and go back to a story that uh, I used many, many years ago. Uh, our guy... He's most one of my favorite authors, Max Lucado. He's one of my mom's favorite authors. Um, he came out with this book. I don't know. It's been years ago now. And um, as I was studying this morning in Romans and last night in Romans, I remembered a story that he told and uh, he used to describe. And I actually taught a class on this several years ago. But the first couple of chapters of Romans kind of brings me back to where we were last week. And guys, and if you haven't listened to last week's live stream, go on there and, and uh, watch it. We covered three things last night, but it was the last, excuse me, last year or last week. It was the um, last sermon of last year. We talked about Exodus, but it really ties into the day. And here's the deal. God's called us to be a people of action. He's called us to do things. I looked at the Bible and listen, God did a lot of things supernaturally. He did a lot of things. Uh, Jesus in his uh, ministry, a lot of things happened supernaturally. And Paul with the, the, the uh, disciples, the New Testament church, and I'm all about the New Testament church. But I, what I also see from Genesis through Revelation is people listening, hearing, obeying and doing what God called them to do. And if we will choose to do that, if we will decide today, it's the first Sunday of 2022, and naturally we canceled. There's snow on the ground. It's 13 degrees. Everything's froze up. But here's the deal. If we choose to do what God's called us to do, if we choose to walk on the path that he's called us to. So the first point from last week was, here's the deal. Let's do some action. Let's quit thinking about it. Let's quit contemplating. Let's, we've counted the cost. Let's decide to go ahead and enact what God has called us to be and to do. And to do that, listen, again, the way you accomplish goals is little bit by little bit. So let's do that. Let's just choose to do that, to go into action instead of fear action instead of negative talk amongst ourselves or in just in our head negative 
there's always fear out there, you know, and, and my biggest one is, is fear that I will not succeed. Well, I look stupid. Well, you know, and yeah, you know, I have, I've looked stupid. I've failed. I've, I've, wow. I've got quite a resume, but here's the deal guys. Um, in the middle of all that, God has done some amazing things. So as we deal in this life, this current culture of, of honestly, guys, just there's there's sickness like I've never seen. There's there's it's it's interesting. But in the middle of that, God's calling His men and women to be what God's called them to be. So action, you know, the number two from last week was ignore your critics, and I was laughing because I literally watched uh, the video from last week, um, and. I literally remember after I watched it again that when I wrote this down, I almost marked through it and said, no, I'm not going to say that. I'm just not going to say that. But the truth is to be, Jesus had to ignore his critics. Jesus had to ignore his critics. Now, don't get me wrong. When, when brothers and sisters speak into your life, when you hear, you know, the word of God, all that needs to be that balances out what's going on with you. But guys, watch this. Watch this. If everybody, if, if you want to please God, then you have to ignore your critics. If you want to please everybody, then try to please them, and that's a guarantee you will please nobody. And I've, I've both lived that. I've, I've, you know, it's just the reality of, of life. Uh, and so God's called us to do more, better, uh, more efficiently, but not at the cost of trying to please everybody because um and here's the deal the bible says very clearly be be at peace with your with the people around you if you can be at peace with your government be at peace you know but on the other hand we have to ignore our critics and last last thing from last week is this and you say bruce will you ever get to today's sermon yes i will i promise but the last one was believe what god says versus what your fear says versus what that inner voice says you know sometimes we struggle we're our own worst critic we hear that you know the, the self-critic the, the 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 perfectionism all of that from our past you know uh, religion all of those things raise up and try to say well you know you should have could have would have you know you did better but here's the deal guys um believe what he says the Bible says that you are chosen, selected, preordained, predestined, chosen from the foundation of the earth. That he laid out your days. And I choose to believe that. At 63, I choose to believe that. At 43, yeah, I figured I could fix it. <laughs> at 23, I was the master plumber. I looked at Niagara Falls and said, I, I can fix that. No, I've, I've never been a plumber. But anyway, you get the point. Um, so let's talk about today. If if you've ever read the first three chapters of Romans and you, you've said, you know what, that's some good stuff. My friend Max Lucado, he tells a story about the river that I want to share with you today. And I want to start out this year with what this says from God's word and reflecting. This is a parable. There were five sons who lived on the mountain castle with their father. So I just want you to imagine going back to Genesis 1 and 1, Genesis 2, Genesis 3, and how wonderful it must have been for Adam and Eve in the garden 
everything's everything's handled, everything's ch everything's taken care of. All you got to do is in the afternoon get with get with your dad, enjoy that fellowship, eat off the trees, live your life, name the animals, you know whatever exactly what they were doing. But in this parable here, there was a father and there was five brothers, and the four brothers. There was only one thing they weren't supposed to do, and that was get in the river. There was a river, a, a steep river flowing in, flowing through there. And so one brother says, you know what? I think if I hold on to you guys and we make a chain, I can get out in the river and I'll be okay. I want to experience something. And sometimes we're like that. We want to try something. Our flesh, you know, whatever. So what happens is he... The father had begged them, had commanded them, don't get in the river. Well, this son gets in the river, and as he begins to walk out, they're all four of them holding on to each other, and he falls. They are swept downstream and taken away, far away to a land, and now listen to these words, to a land where they didn't belong. And I don't know if you've ever been like this before, but guys, sometimes... I don't feel like I belong here. I long for a place that's better than this. And you say, well, Bruce, you know what? Are you depressed? Are you? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about, you know, I used to fish a lot, or some. And I remember catching those, those big fish. I used to catch those brim about this long. And, you know, a lot of times they'd fall off the hook or they'd flop off and they'd get down in that little shallow water and half of them be in, half of them be out and they'd flop around, flop around, flop around. And they were staying alive. They were still moving. But they weren't where they were supposed to be. And if you reach down and grab them by the tail and throw them out there, then they get into the water where they can breathe, where they can live, where they can... They, it, and it's an amazing thing to watch that. And as I saw that, I thought, you know what? I was not made for this world. Not this fallen world. Neither were you. But I want to tell you something. We're here. We're here. Some of, we were. Nobody asked me if I wanted to be born. Nobody asked me if I wanted to be born white, middle class, Protestant, you know, skinny, tall, big, little in the south, in the north. Nobody asked me nothing. It was just, there I was. Okay. So, we're here. So, the brothers found themselves in this place, all four of them. And it looked at the people in the land. And it wasn't like their home. It was savage people. Cold winds chilled the land. It was not warm like their house. Rugged mountains marked the land. It was not, it's not where we belong, guys. You know, remember the curse and the, the, all of those things, guys. And there's pain, there's sorrow, there's sadness. There's all these things in this land, in this world that we live in. But then these four brothers all had to make a choice the oldest brother he didn't get in the he didn't get in the river he stayed up there but the four it came down so there was a total of five brothers so first when they first got there they all gathered around the fire they found nuts they found stuff they could eat they found fruit that they could live on they huddled around the fire the fire hoping that their father would find them hoping that something would happen hoping but as time passed the first brother didn't show up to the fire and 
they they said, where's he at? Where's he at? And so he, a couple of days went by, and then they went to not too far from there where the savages lived, and he had built him a mud hut and was living with the savages and began to act like the savages and began to do the things that the savages of that world of that land did and i'm going to tell you something that's the first temptation is when we find ourselves and things are and it's cold out and things are we go to our own flesh we go to our own desires we go on and we start living like this world i'm going to tell you something this week in my studies i was studying it says you know don't be like this world and and i began to think about that and i said now does that mean that um, I can't wear a cowboy hat? Does that mean that I can't do this? Does that mean, what does that mean? Don't be like this world. I'm going to tell you what it means. This world is out for itself and its own pleasure. And Jesus came and said, hey, you can have life and have it abundantly, but do it with it, with me. And so he, this first son, he began to just live this lifestyle of for himself, for his flesh, for this. So the other three brothers, they sit on fire and said, this is horrible. This is horrible. And they'd still get together at night and they'd sing songs of the homeland. They'd think about it. They'd, they'd quote the things that their dad had said. But then the next several time went by, weeks, months later, literally, then what happened? It's just, it's just crazy when I think about it. This second brother didn't show up to the fire. And so the other two brothers look at each other and they go, well, where, where's he at? So they thought they follow the tracks and they go out and they find him. Now watch this, guys. Romans chapter 1, 2, and 3. Just read those chapters. They find him, literally, on the hill beside the brother that's follows flesh and he's got his pencil and paper out and he's writing down everything he's doing wrong and he gets there and he says can you believe what our brother's doing can you believe it look what he's doing look what those savages are doing in that house look what he's doing he's doing this he's doing that he's doing that and guys i want to tell you the first temptation is to follow our flesh to go and do what we want to do you know who cares about anybody else but the second temptation is to sit out and point our finger at our brother and sister and tell them how bad they are without looking at our own how looking at our own heart without looking at our own heart i love paul we had a few arguments through the years, but I love Paul. And one of the reasons that I come back to Paul, one of the reasons I come back to, to his teaching and, and, and it's so easy for me to, to take is because he says, you know what? I don't have it together. The things I don't want to do, I do. The things I do want to do, I don't do. What's wrong with me? There's no hope except in the grace, the mercy, the love of Jesus Christ. And we're going to get that, to that in a minute. But this brother, he no longer gathered with the brothers that were reading the word, or excuse me, that were reciting the, the stories of the homeland, that were singing the songs of their father. He no longer, what he was too busy, was out there pointing it and keeping score of, I, I, you know, this person's really bad. And I want to tell you, uh, the other day, I think it was PJ or somebody at the church said, Bruce, I remember the time that you brought us up here and you said you know here's the deal 
don't ever stand on somebody's head to make yourself look 12 inches, 8 inches, 10 inches tall. And what I, when I was praying one time, I saw this picture of what we do in the church sometimes is we lay people down and then stand on their head. I don't mean them standing up and us standing on their head. They're on the ground. They're beaten. They're thrown down by life. And we stand on their head to make ourselves look a little bit taller. Look, I'm not like this person. I'm going to tell you something. Without the grace of God, you ain't seen a mess like I am. Without the love and the forgiveness and the just the reality of who Jesus is in my life, you say, you, Bruce, why are you such a fanatic? I'm going to tell you something. I need him. I need him. And if you don't think you need him, you probably need him worse than you know you do. Yeah, my voice is going. Uh, anyway, so this second guy, he's a finger pointer. So the first guy, he just follows his flesh. The second guy just follows. He's a finger pointer. And if you're a finger pointer, I'm gonna, we're going to get there in a minute. Okay, then, then there's the two guys, and they're around the fire, and they're praying, and okay, they're reciting the stories of their father, and they're singing their songs. And then one day, the guy gets up. He goes to the fire. He's by himself. The youngest son is there by himself. And his next older brother is missing. And he hears something clacking in the distance. He's like, what's he doing? So he goes to the river and he sees his next brother out in the river, guys. Don't you think about this? He's out in the river stacking rocks, trying to build a pathway back to the father. And he asks him, says, says brother, what are you doing? He says, oh, Listen, we have sinned, we have disobeyed, we have done this, and I am going to stack my way back to the Father. I can do it. I know I can. I can do this. And he says, you've been working all morning, and you've got one step. It's And it's miles. We don't even know how far it is. It's it's forever. You, you We're down here. He's up there. You can't get there. And he says, I am going to work my way to the Father. Does that remind you of anything? Does that remind you of not just Christianity, but of the religions of the world? We're going to work our way back to a perfect existence. I'm going to somehow in my redneckness, I'm going to work hard enough to get good enough for God. If it wasn't so pitiful, it'd be hilarious. But I struggle with this every day. With perfectionism. With religion. It's something that's I was born into. I was I was bred into. I was I I, I know just if I try just a little bit harder, if I just do one more setup in the kingdom of God, if I just do one more thing right, if I just tell one more person about Jesus, if I just do one more thing. It's gonna. I'm gonna find my way. I'm looking for my cough drops, but I've lost them. Well, what else is new? Anyway, so here's the deal, guys. We're not going to be able to work our way 
just it's as it's as crazy as in this story this brother stacking them rocks now don't get me wrong please lord do the right thing follow the word of god let me tell you something the places of the, in the word of god that i have been uh, faithful the places that i've 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 been uh, consistent you see there's good fruit there's good fruit the places that i have not been consistent the places that I fail and come short of the glory of God, which is most of it, okay, there's, there's, it's a mess, okay, because I have created stickers and bad fruit, okay. But you really think you can save yourself? You really think you're going to reach in there and pull one scripture out and use that and, and, and kind of ignore the rest of it? Boys and girls, that ain't how it works. That is not how it works. It That will not get you to where you want to go. I want to tell you something. I love the place where Paul says, you know, you got all these folks telling you don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. And he said all that's really good for is to build pride. And what happens is it builds pride and it doesn't even show what's really going on. It doesn't even take you to the place you want to be. And guys, I want to tell you where I want to be. And I know this more than I have ever known it. I want to be in his presence. And I'm going to tell you something, being in his presence does not come by stacking rocks. It sure as heck don't come by going out there and doing everything you want to do. Let just the flesh go crazy. We all fall and come short of the glory of God, Romans. First three chapters, read them. I'm telling you, we all fall and come short of the glory of God. And we have a culture now that says, I can do anything I want, you know, I can do blah, blah, blah. I don't say, I don't say that, okay? The reason I don't say that is because I don't want people to pay the consequences of their sin in this life. I've seen the consequences of sin. I put on a gun and a badge and I go out, not every day, but, you know, three days one week, four days the next week. It's 12-hour shifts, but... You know, for an old man, it's pretty good work. And and here's the deal. I go out there and I see people who have made choices and the consequences of those choices over and over and over. And then the consequences of the people around them who have made those choices. I don't want my family to suffer from my consequences. I don't, you know, I don't, I don't want society to have to suffer for the consequences of me, the consequences of me showing my hind end, being the jerk that I can be. I don't want that to happen. So, you're not standing on the hill pointing at your brother. It's not going to get you where you want to go either. And keeping score. I'm going to tell you something. I love mass media. You know, my degree is in business. Um, I, I, I love advertising. I really do. I, I enjoyed it. I went to school for it. I enjoy it. But I'm going to tell you something. You can get online and you can go crazy. There's people who are pointing fingers at everybody, both sides of everything, and, and it's the most hateful, um, bitter bunch I've ever seen, keyboard commandos. Uh, we call them tactical timmies in the, in the gun world. They've, they've got everything. They know everything. They go, they've read two articles. And, and, and here's the deal, guys. From a guy who's lived a while, let me tell you something. My daddy used to say it like this. They ain't got enough to worry about. 
they're not having to work hard enough. My daddy was raised behind two mules and uh, it encouraged him to go to school. And uh, he said the back end of a mule encouraged him to go to school. Will uh, Beelan was, uh, uh, um, they all lived up in Bradley County, Arkansas, and, and uh, Will was his daddy. And Will was kind of semi-famous up there for taking mules and, and pulling trees out of the woods. So you know I'm bred for greatness. But here's the deal, guys. I'm not saying this to be funny. Um, my daddy said, you know what? I don't want to do that. So I'm going to do this. So he began to work and change and, and seek God and cry out to God. And my dad became very successful in what he did. In what he did. He lived his life for the Lord. He lived his life and was successful. And you could do exactly the same thing by saying, you know what? I don't like what's going on around me. I'm not going to live a hedonistic lifestyle. I'm not going to stand on the on the hill pointing at him and spend all my time wearing that out. And I'm not going to try to build my way. What I'm going to do is make choices every day to follow the Lord. You can't build yourself back to him. It's this thing called grace. So now you got one brother around the fire. And by the way, I love sitting around fires. I uh, think my parents were a little worried about it when I was a kid because they used to light fires, both in and out of the house, but we won't get into that. But um, he's sitting there by the fire, and he's contemplating, you know, my brother's over there acting crazy. My other brother's pointing at my other brother. My other brother's in the river trying to build it. He said, I know I could, I'm not very bright, but I can look at that and say, that ain't going to work. And then something happens. Then he hears a voice. And I want you to hear this voice this morning. And the voice says, brother. And he turns around. And there's the other brother. The oldest brother. The brother. The firstborn of many. Who before someday. Every knee will bow. Every tongue will confess. That Jesus is the king. He hears his brother's voice. He turns around. He embraces his brother. He says, how did you get here? He said, I came over the mountain sent by the father to bring you home. I know the way home. I know the way home. And he looks around. The oldest brother looks around and says, where's your brother's at? Where's the rest of us? He said, oh, it's a mess. It's a mess. So he leads the oldest brother out to where the next brother is out there just living the life of hedonism. He goes out there. He walks this mud shack. And he says, brother, what are you doing? The oldest brother says that to the, the, next, the brother that's in the shack. And he goes, 
I'm living here. Get away from my castle. This is my castle. This is my stuff. I belong here. This is, and he says, you don't belong here. You were made for something much better. He said, listen, this is my castle. You're trying to come steal it. And the other savages inside began to point out and said, he's trying to steal your castle. He's trying to steal your castle. And so he tried, he ran off the older brother. I'm not leaving here. This is mine. This is my right. This is my whatever. Fill in the blank of whatever you would, you would hear there. You're trying to get me to do, you're trying, this is, you know, whatever. Guys, I want to tell you something. There seemeth a way unto a man that is right. And it leads to death. Wide is the way to destruction. Narrow is the way to life. And you and dude, that was excuse me. I'm trying to say dude. Um, dudettes. Guys, this was has been used. This scripture has been used for everything you want to imagine. You know, uh, the, the dancing, chewing. You know, whatever. <laughs> voting for a particular person narrow no no listen the way is narrow there is a gate the gate has a name his name is jesus it ain't your pet theology your pet theology is pet theology so then the older brother walks up the hill and finds the second brother and he says we're what are you doing up here? He says, I'm so glad you're here. This guy down here, my brother, you see what he did? First, we've all, yes, we've all fallen. We've all fallen. We've all got in the water. But I want to tell you something. He is doing this. You would not believe what him and them savages are doing. I've been looking in the windows at him. They don't even see me. I sneak up there and I look and I've been keeping a record and here it is for you. And he says, listen, it's time for you to come home. Come home with me. He says, I cannot leave because someone has to cut, stay here and keep eye on this person this guy the, the second brother was so blinded by the sin what he perceived as the sin of his brother as keeping records pointing fingers guys let's quit pointing fingers people are always quick to point fingers at stuff that they may not be struggling with you realize that what God showed me is there ain't no big sin. There ain't no little sin. Sin means me shooting at the target and missing. Missing the mark is what it means. And I want to tell you something. I missed the mark. I missed the mark. But thank you for my big brother who has come over the mountain to show me the way home. Guys, I want to tell you that you can be so busy and keeping the law. Listen, Jesus showed up. I'm at 31 minutes and 31 seconds. Better hurry. Jesus showed up. Some of you are worried about the Chiefs game. Jesus showed up and they didn't recognize him. The most religious, the best people, the prime examples of, of righteousness, of rightness, human rightness, didn't recognize him.
help kill him. So you don't want to be the hedonist living in the hut. I do what I want when I want. You don't want to be the person on the hill pointing, I can't leave because it's... And then the brother led the oldest brother out to the river and he found the rock stacker. That's where I'd be probably. He's out there stacking rocks. And he spoke to him and said, son, brother, friend, come with me. He says, I have failed and come short of the glory of God, and I have to do this. I will, by my own will, I will save myself. I will work myself back to the Father. Good luck with that is what I have to say to that. That's not what the oldest brother said. He said, come with me. Come with me, all ye who are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. It's light. Put, your, put my yoke on you. Let me carry you over the mountain. He said, no. I'm going to work my way back. I've been a bad boy, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fix it. Well, that's pride. The finger point is pride. <laughs> Self-exaltation. The hedonist is down there in the hut doing whatever he wants to do. That's pride. I do what I want, one on one. Here's the deal, guys. Only one of those brothers got to go home. He was the one. The youngest brother took his older brother's hand as they walked toward the mountains. He wants to hold your hand and walk you into the presence of the Father. And I am not talking about when you die. I'm talking about today. He wants to hold your hand and walk you into the presence of the Father. And guys, I got news for you. And it's really, really good news. Jesus paid the price for your sins. He paid the price for your little sin or some of our big sins. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing right where you're at. He paid the price. Guys, this is Bruce Bielan, the old law dog, Crane Christian Church, Bruce Kim on Facebook. And I've only got one message. Take the hand of Jesus. Anything else I say is very subordinate to that message. Take the hand of Jesus. Father, I thank you so much for these guys. I thank you for those who are watching. I thank you for all those who will watch. Take this tiny seed planted deep in their heart, God. Lord, let us say yes to the firstborn of many. The King of Angels, the Son of God, Jesus, lead us home, brother. Let me be the man you've called me to be. Let me be the daddy the granddaddy, the employee, the pastor, the redneck.
that you call me to be. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Well, thank you. If you've watched this, um, it's been 36 minutes and 13 seconds. I hope I have not wasted your time. God bless you, keep you, let his light shine on you, and give you peace. By the way, if you go outside, wear a coat. Take care. Bye.